This is CliffCentral.com. Close to the line, the All Blacks. Oh, ball's been knocked away. And this will be a sin binning for sure. I think this has been knocked away by Bismarck Duplessis, but Carter has it. On it goes to Nonu. Martin Nonu trying to set it up. Berger lost it in a tackle, stripped up by Dan Cotter. Good, strong defence this time round from the men in black. And from there, the pressure just coming. Oh, Habana's lucky not well, to be in the sin bin. Well, he should be in the sin bin. Doesn't matter whether a try scored, surely, Joel. You can't do that. Well, I think he's going to go to the bin. Yeah, he's headed off and Habana's going to be in trouble. Well, indeed you go. That was just one of the low moments from the World Cup semi-final between SA and New Zealand. It's very unfortunate, but also kind of predictable. Welcome to the latest edition of Rugby Central here on Cliff Central. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we're going to just basically try ram everything into a single hour. I've got two great voices on the show with me today. First up, Langdon Bat. No, nice. no, there you yeah. go. <laughs> He's done it again. He's done it again. Morning. Morning. <laughs> All right, Landon's going to join me for the general chat. So we're going to basically get through the two games that were played, SA New Zealand, Argentina versus Australia. Have a look at a little quick look at the final, sort of preview that. But we're going to have a bit more of a discussion kind of angle today because as much as we are looking forward to what will be the best possible World Cup final, let's be fair. New Zealand were going to be better than SA. Australia were ultimately going to be too classy and composed for the RGs. So we've got the final I think everyone deserves. Well, the Northern Hemisphere teams will no doubt dispute that. But they, then again, they're not too knowledgeable about the greater scheme of things. Who cares? <laughs> and that too. Yeah. But then we got, um, we've got an interesting chat about should Heineken Mayer stay or should Heineken Mayer go? Now, I know this is something that might sound redundant to some people. But for others, well, it's quite a big talking point right now. Sorry, Duncan, what have I done wrong now? Okay, sorry, Duncan. See, Landon, I've, actually, I've been so excited about this show that I've actually messed a few things up. Now, Duncan's coming to uh, readjust my, my, my knobs. Well. Thanks, Duncan. Well. I was, anyway, like, <laughs> like I was saying, we've got Jacques from the, from the yellowcap.com. He is going to kind of have an argument for why Hanukkah Man should stay. Which is and, interesting. Which is interesting. Yes, it is interesting. And uh, I'm going to, well, kind of maybe champion the other side of the cause. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because I think as South Africans, we need to discuss more things. We can't just have a fight and go, you know what? You're a doer. You're wrong. He's cuck. He's good. We need to discuss these things like adults. So, Jacques's very passionate about the fact that Heidi Kamea does have many qualities that should actually be retained. And good on him for that. So, he's going to go through his uh, his reasons, which we need to show, need to show respect for. And then, Landon, at the end of the show, we're going to basically see the Bok team going forward because there's going to be players falling out after this World Cup. Who have we got? Who is the core to now work through the next four years? Yeah, so that's basically the crux of the show. Great. Great. Yeah, that sounds you, good. I thought, you, I thought you were asking me a question. I didn't know where to go. No, I just said in the scene, said in the uh, scene. Well. Of course, if you do want to get involved in the show today, there's various ways you can do so. You can phone the studio if you're listening live. You, of course, phone. If you're listening to a podcast, don't phone because you might end up being on the sex show or you might be on the leadership show or you might be on some other show you might not care for, Cliff Central. There's various shows throughout the day, Monday to Friday, 6 until 6. So if you're on the podcast right now, well, you can always just message me on Twitter or just tweet me at Follow the Bounce. I'll gladly pick up any of these issues with you and discuss them slash debate them with you. But if you're listening live right now, 0861 189 and then on WeChat, on the official Cliff Central account on WeChat, message through whatever you like. We don't often get to the messages because, well, an hour is never long enough to talk about the Springboks. But if you do have messages, please put them through. We'll try and include them. And, of course, if you want to get involved with the big chat, if Hani Kamea should stay or he, should he go, that option is there for you as well. So um, nowhere else to go from here, Landon, other than just discussing those two games. So what we're going to do first is play a little clip where Hani Kamea talks about what happened in that second half. And uh, it starts like this. Oh, man. See, they're gonna... Come on, Ben. Hang on a second. On, I'm, I'm better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Do <Okay>. less. Do less. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is the cliff I wanted. This is Hani Kamea talking about adapting in the second half. And basically, what did happen? 
Yeah, I thought we uh, had a perfect first half. I thought we executed well, played a right game plan, and our discipline was 100% intact. Uh, keep on turning them, put pressure on them, and uh, build scoreboard pressure. Uh, second half, uh, you know, I didn't think we adapted well enough with the, with the, in the rainy conditions. They kept on turning us then, and we made a uh, few mistakes. And uh, I've always said it's going to come down right to discipline. And uh, although a lot of penalties are second half, one penalty is the difference between winning and losing. And, um, you know, I've always said before the World Cup, even to our team in World Cups, the drop goal, three points is difference. And all credit to Carter. When they needed that, he put it through. We just couldn't build pressure the second half, couldn't adapt to the, to the conditions. And uh, although we gave everything, we didn't uh, build enough pressure to be in the half and, uh, and to get the points. Fair, fair comments. Not very good ones, though, ultimately. What did, we, what did we execute well in the first half? Well, let's just say it, okay, because everyone goes on about the Hanukkah bok game plan. So they were going into that team knowing they couldn't run it. They couldn't go toe-to-toe on the lavish, beautiful champagne rugby. So all they wanted to do was get in their half and get a penalty. Boom. Revealed. Game d- d- plan. Decent plan, yeah. There decent we go. Plan. But now, Landon, just to look at the sort of stats now, we always need to kind of touch on a couple of things here. The basic stats, we're not going to go into numbers here because there's no point dwelling or crying over excessively spilt milk but territory and possession nowhere we could never get out of our half uh, the all blacks knew how to always counter the one-off running slash box kick and that's your only way out and we've been saying this for months months and months and months if that's all you got a team is going to go okay so that's how we defend it this is how we're going to work on the rucks this is how we're going to work on these key players is it a surprise that anything any of this kind of stuff happened though you, you know what? A box kick is only only going to be valuable when uh, when you got runners and you got chases. And uh, Brian Banner, bless him, was the the only act that actually had a go at it in the first half. Um, and then other than that, you you can't give guys like Milner Scudder and uh, Ben Smith and Sevier time on the ball. And and we gave them far too much time, especially on those those kicks down the middle. Well, exactly. Milner Scudder played all of 49 minutes. I told you I wasn't going to get into the numbers, but I can't help it. I'm so outraged. Milner Scudder played 49 minutes, and Landon, he had 94 meters of running. It just so shows you. It just shows you. We said it prior to the weekend. If you listen to my sports report in the mornings, it was all about not giving these guys space. Tactical kicking has got to be so precise that when ball hits boot, something good has to happen. Just giving away the possession, just finding space in the field so your forwards can then jog it a little bit. Yeah. Never enough to beat the All Blacks. And the All Blacks were not great on Saturday. I think that's something we must acknowledge as well. This is not a team that was doing what we would expect. They weren't great. I think you're being kind. I, th- I think they were they were awful um, to their own admission as, as well. I mean, um, it's not often that you have the, the All Blacks coming out five minutes before before halftime um, just to get bombed out by the captain. Yeah. Um, so so you, you, you know something was wrong. You saw it from the first couple of penalties. And I think they gave away... What, five times more penalties than what we did? No, I think it was double. Was so it I double? Could, I get too excited well, there. They weren't well, that terrible. It, uh, it, it seemed like five times more, especially in the first half. Um, s- silly things, and, and, and that's when we should have taken advantage. Never mind uh, when uh, Kano went off. Uh, we should have taken advantage right in the beginning, and, and we didn't. And that's where we fell short. Yeah, there's a lot being made. And obviously, on the aftermath of every game, um, you see what Nick Mallet has said, and then people write upon that. And it's just so, so plain to see. You go into that half, and let's just say you were lucky to be 12-7, but forget about everything. You're 40 minutes away from a World Cup final, right? And you've got a lead of five. A lead of five is nothing. That's like going to a strip club with five rand. You've got five rand, but what's the, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. You still have to make it work, though. Yeah. So you need, five rand, that is. Yeah, so you need to kind of do more, and you've got this prime opportunity. Now, the whole thing of international rugby, or anything, if, if you like rugby, the scoring either side of the halftime, it, there's a reason it's such a big cliche, because it's such a big deal. So to go in there, and then they look like they were just trying to consolidate the fact that they'd be happy not to concede points, and they kind of forgot that, hang on a second, they're down to 14 men. Now, I'm no maths professor, but 15 trumps 14, which does suggest that if you had to use the field... Width-wise, you had to stretch the opposition, a gap will occur. Now, this is, again, it's baby steps here, but a gap is what you run in in rugby to produce yardage. It's I don't mean to sound patronizing at all, but it's like, how was this missed? How was this seen as nothing new changed in that sort of game plan? Hanukkah Mayer said he admits to the fact that they weren't adapting in that second half, but that's not adaptation. That's just using your bloody brain. Oh, it's it's, it's stuff um, from a coaching point of view. We we coach youngsters to do is is to to use that overlap, mm. and uh, we had it for ten minutes. 
a permanent overlap for 10 minutes and uh, we didn't seem to use it other than uh, the one the one inside line that uh, Krill took and that was with 15 men on the field. And that was in the third minute, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I think yeah. everyone was so shocked that he had no support runners. Yeah, including the wing on the outside. They just stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's a couple other things I just want to quickly touch on before we get into the Australia-Argentina game. Of course, at 11.30, we've got Shark from the Yellow Cap joining us. So be sure to chime in with your your questions there. Is uh, Landon, Now, I, of course, never played provincial rugby. Uh, people remind me of this on Twitter, that my my opinions are maybe a little bit too colorful <laughs> for the fact that I never played rugby provincially. But when I played wing, um, there was a couple of things that you always looked at. Marking your man was definitely one of the things you rocked up for on a Saturday. And all week, New Zealand were basically saying that they've monitored all the, um, the play. Brian Banner has a tendency to come off his wing. Most most players, most backdown players in their twilight generally do. because They the don't first, have the pace. The first thing that goes is the pace. Not just Victor Brian, he's still very quick, but that is what happens. So you look for the intercept, you try to come in, you try bunch, you try rush defense on so you don't get the pass to make you look like you've lost your pace. He came in, they scored their first try. JP Peterson. Now, that try that um, Barrett scored that we played you the clip of, I think um, uh, Allender had Nonu. I think he had him. No. Well, it showed because he was on the ground. Because Nonu was on the ground yeah. before the line, well before the line. JP yeah. Peterson was there next to him. I'm not doing, not sure what. And then Barrett was open. So people were saying, oh, but, you know, but you've got a bunch in the guy or whatever. But look, if you're a center and you can't tackle your other center before short of the line, then you shouldn't be playing international rugby. You, you absolutely do not bunch the center no. in, in your 22. No. Um, Touchline is, the, is the, the, the last defender. Yeah. So as a wing, you uh, defend your outside shoulder. I mean, that's, that's something that... Uh, kind of push the guy towards that. That's pretty much what you do. Yeah. So I mean, you look at it like that, okay. So we lost by two. Now those are two glaring defensive, unique individual defensive errors, right? This is only coming out of the picture here. Two massive errors like that. Then we've got that overturned penalty because George Ayub wasn't getting any love. So he found he wanted to say something about Victor's supposed neck grab sling. Uh, there's another three points. So you think like the All Blacks were so off color on the weekend and the box still couldn't do it. Now that is one win out of eight matches in the Hanukkah May regime. That's a success rate of 12%. This game, to me, just basically showed exactly what the Hanukkah May era regime tenure, call it what you will, is about. There is no plan. There is no belief. There is no killer instinct. And there is no future. And I will say that in such blank terms because that's where we leave that match, Landon. I think there's nothing else to say. Do you want to add anything else about that semi? It's, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to enforce belief when... Uh, you don't don't allow the players to express themselves. Yeah, I think is key. You got a you got a ten that that can't wait for Skulkberger to retire purely so he can get more so of the he ball. Can get the ball, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like take away the indecision that if the ball is in the scrubber's hands, it doesn't necessarily mean you will get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which 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 Pollard is more surprised when he does get it off a first phase ball um, than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't mean to sound like a dick about all this, but it's just it's so painfully obvious. And when you're having chats with everyone about, around this, and the same things keep coming up over and over and over, Hanukkah Mesa can say sorry as many times as he likes. They can say how they've missed opportunities many times they like, but you can only, you can only hear a speech so often, and then you've got absolutely no faith. And I think that's kind of where it is right now. But anyway, the Australia Argentina game just gets intro you that with this. Ba ba da ba. Bum bum, Rugby World Cup by the way, such a superb yeah. side. Yeah, he's Gidal and Falau again. Israel Falau can see the line ahead. Tackle only, tackle only. Simmons looking for try number two, caught by the bootlace Senatore. Kurandrani looking for a one-handed offload. It's still there for the Wallabies. Foley calls through Mitchell. Tremendous defence, but there's a huge gap out on the left here for Australia if they get quick ball. Here it is. Gitto. And it's an easy one. Ashley Cooper gets a double. Australia consolidate the Sinbin to get their third try. Gitto there showing his playmaking skills. Beautiful for Ashley Cooper. You don't need to give him that much space for him to finish, but... He's had two wonderful passes. Now let me just give you some context towards that try and why I played it. Because it starts off on the left, Langdon. You know where it goes from there? 
to the right. To the right. And you know where it was scored? In the corner. On the left. Mm. So what were Australia doing? They are using the width of the field. They were creating gaps. They were stretching the defense. They were making the defense work tirelessly. Just try to keep pace. They couldn't. What happens? Man over, score, five points, try. That's how we you We also win. had Argentina do the same thing that we did on defense with uh, with the last man cutting in. Yep. Um, and, you know, any center pairing with their while, um, someone like Ghetto is, is going to expose you there. Mm-hmm. With flat ball, these guys know what they're doing. Um, and so should you on defense, I suppose. Yeah, so it was a bit of, look, I think all us South Africans or neutrals wanted Argentina win, to, to win that one. They were so good against Ireland. They showed such great pluck during their group stages. And Argentina is a very likable team. And I'm saying that after they sort of thrashed my team in Durban earlier the year. But uh, not to be. They just sort of didn't seem to have the right mindset. I think uh, we can't ever judge their game plan. The whole thing is they're trying to create things all the time. They're trying yeah. to create space. They're using pace. Uh, but they just started off a little bit too fast in that they were trying to do too much. Suddenly they conceded two tries. One was a very soft intercept. And at that level of rugby, you can't really come back from double figures like that so easily. No, no. Uh, you, you know, like you said, Argentina would have been the the neutral fans' pick um, to play against the All Blacks purely because they're exciting. Um, they're, 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 the, they're the two teams that uh, you want to watch purely because anything can happen. Um, but that that being said, anything can happen, and that's uh, that's exactly what what happens when you play a loose loose type of game like that. You're going to get intercepts, um, and th- that's exactly what happened. Sanchez threw an inside ball that uh, that uh, you or I could have taken. Yeah. Yeah, look, a, a lock eventually ran at home. So it was quite spirited, but again, it was a, it was a great semi in that respect because there was a team that was trying too much, okay, because it's the plucky outsider, so to speak. Australia just said, okay, look, we're in control here. We back ourselves that we're going to weather any storm they've got. We're going to try and nullify that scrum of theirs, which is not an easy thing to do for the, against Argentina. And we know we've got the players and the composure. And again, Bernard Foley, he might be up and down here and there, but he's a bloody good flower. I think he's having a great tournament. And it's just such a beautiful thing to do, to sit there on a Sunday afternoon, nothing else to do in life other than watching a flower dictator match. You spoke about Pollard not getting the ball. It's just, look what can happen when the box, when, when the backs get a ball with a little bit of depth, a bit of pace. And I mean, Adam Ashley Cooper's about 75 years old. Yeah, yeah. And they're confident to finish. The guy scored a hat trick. Yeah. The guy, I mean, the opportunities that get created for the wings, how cool to be an outside back playing for Australia. Drew Mitchell looked pretty good. He's also ancient. Yeah. So we can go on about the fact that our players are old. That doesn't make much of a difference. If you give a wing some space, you put him in a structure where he can thrive, beautiful rugby follows. It is as simple as that. We've also got, uh, well, well, not we, I uh, wish we, but uh, they had their inside centers w- with uh, Ghetto and, um, and Biel that came on that passed the ball. Mm. Um, they'd look for the space. Other than trying to make the space by by bashing a guy over, um, something like that, like that, you've you've got your fullback coming on the line, and and I'm sure Valiluri would uh, would love to take a ball at pace, um, and uh, he just hasn't had the chance. Well, uh, again with Vili, it's quite nice to take a ball around your waist rather than coming from the sky. Because yeah. he normally gets a ball passed from the opposite team's fullback in a kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, look, again, it's it's not it's not a massive mystery. These two teams are in the final. And it's not a massive mystery in how we can also then keep pace with the guys because all these things always come back to the fact that, yes, there is a divide between the box and these better teams, these teams who do go further in tournaments like this and win trophies. It's about if we actually really want to adapt these kind of things. So it does kind of leave us thinking, was this, uh, again, just to take away the whole Heineken Mayer thing. So I think we're becoming a little bit too obsessed about coaches and that kind of stuff. Let's just look as an experience from a rugby experience for South Africa. We learned a hell of a lot this World Cup, and again, it always ties back to the same lessons. So we got to stop being insane. Clearly, that's one of the things. And the other point is just how we're going to implement this. We've all got. I I, I, fe- I refuse to believe the argument that we haven't got the skilled players. I think if you look at junior levels, we do quite well. Um, junior World Cup, we've been all right, not because we've got much bigger. If anything, we don't have the biggest team anymore. The English, yeah, there's Northern Hemisphere teams. They love a bit of size. It's not that we haven't got the skill. It's just it's not nurtured properly. And then it's very difficult to kind of say to the guys, well, you've got to believe in yourself. Well, I haven't had the opportunity to kind of believe in myself at a lesser level to this. So semi-final against the All Blacks, I don't think now's the time I'm going to suddenly blossom as this um, thriving player. You know, the game grows. Um, and it it shows that, that we haven't grown as much as we should have when you have a team like Japan running our 2007 backline moves on us and, uh, and scoring. 
I, I, I don't, I don't think we've adapted to, to the state of play. Um, it's just, just learning curves, like you said. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think we, we, we have to be extremely negative about it. Yeah. Um, but let's, but let's be smart about it and let's just be honest with ourselves and, mm. and realize that changes do need to happen. Well, exactly. The fact that we got into the semi-final already shows that we can take a lot from this tournament because it's better than like England. What did they learn from this tournament? Other than they got it completely wrong. And Twickenham's great, but, tw- but they know that. Twickenham's cool. Yeah. yeah. Penny Lane's a nice place to stay. I've heard. Get the I've chance. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other teams, so the fact that we played this many matches, that actually meant something. Huge, huge man, like, lessons to take out of this. So now we do look ahead to the weekend, just very briefly, before we get into the Hanukkah chat, which will be at 11.30, uh, seven minutes from now, if you're not watching the clock. So what is the approach for this third and fourth place playoff do we go strongest team possible or do we look at basically anyone who didn't get a game is now going to play if you're in the squad you're going to have to be a buck right <laughs> uh, is, is that is that is that the play for this weekend if you're a honeycomb man yeah, uh, i would i mean I, I i personally think they should get rid of that whole third fourth playoff you know make it a make it a points different situation in the semis mm. um they, they don't want to be there um you know if you've got the the top four sides in the world they're they're kind of gunning gunning the win um and and it, it kind of makes it dead. It almost seems like they they just need to get ticket sales. And uh, but just thinking about that, is there a third and fourth playoff in cricket? No, I don't think so. Interesting. Come on, world rugby. It's, yeah, uh, go with the times. I know that obviously there is that one in football, but then again, that doesn't really count because yeah. a game's a game for them. They play three thousand a year. So uh, how's third place thought of in, in cricket? I don't know. Something to look into. Well, that's good. No, let's not encourage them. Oh. We don't need these games. So, if you were to look at that, obviously, Kuni's got to start. Jerry Nukani's got to start. All I'm saying is, if you're on the bench for Kuni, <laughs> don't put your tracksuit on. The oak is going to come off soon. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kuni, Kuni will start. Um, someone like Willem Albers will start. Peter Stefatoy would essentially have to start. Yeah, Sia yeah. Khaleesi, you'd think, would have to start. Yeah. But then you've got two number sevens in the GC's field. had a good holiday, huh? Yeah, so you you would think that they're going to ring the changes, really, Paige? Did you start? You'd have to start it. What, what, yeah, you can't not. What is the point of of having that guy if you're not going to give him a chance at the World Cup? Because you're not going to play Ron Pino. Verita Priya, he got us. Heineken may have saved him for 2019 because he'll obviously be captain then because of Japanese <laughs> um, knowledge and conditions. And he's also his face is like the elephant man at the moment. And then you know Pollard might have an injury. But they're talking about the fact that it'll be fine. Now then, do you play Lambie? Lambie has a blinder, and then you think, okay, well, we still haven't, we still know nothing about the fly-off channel. Uh, centers, any, any time those guys can keep developing, you just go for it. And then what? Volvo must come in. Um, yeah, well, what has Volvo done wrong? Like, it, it, which is another, fa- which it's another fine he, question. He's done absolutely nothing wrong to be in that, to being that, uh, that slot. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't play Pollard. I, I think, um, He's had a he's had a difficult tournament, but a good one. Um, For where he is in his life right now, yeah. people keep forgetting this guy. I mean, he was in a, in a tuck shop queue not so long ago in high school, watching Dan Carter play international rugby. Yeah, and now he's at the World Cup semi final with a stress fracture in his back, marking Dan Carter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think he's done pretty well. I think he should be retained. Um, so that's kind of the team, really. When you think this, who else is going to get? They're gonna, obviously going to play Habana, so you can try to get that record. Yeah, Rudy Page will definitely. Definitely come on. I mean, he, he deserves it, being he, the second best scrum off in the Springbok setup. He has to. In that squad. Um, if they play Ron Pinner, I'm... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, it's so difficult to kind of see is like a point of having a prediction for that one because I don't think either team cares. I think most of the viewing players. Well, care. we're going to run. We're going to run and we're going we're gonna to look great because we're going to be running against the deflated Argentinian defense. Um, Maradona's not going to be there. We have had one day less to recover. Yeah. Yeah, and and they, you know they they they're passionate guys, so they run on emotions, and um, they're going to be deflated because there's a like they're, they're not in it anymore, and um, who cares? Again, you know that's that's the feeling I would have, as mm. and I'm highly competitive, but that's the feeling I would have. Which then takes us on to the World Cup final. Now let's just say all teams, uh, both teams, fully fit. Uh, is, there is no sightings, um, and fully fully strong. Who do you reckon is going to take this? Just gut Monday feeling. All Blacks. All Blacks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I think Pocock's been amazing. Hooper, as his deputy, is pretty solid. The it's the finals rugby is a game of the breakdown. It's a game of the boot. And I think in every aspect from those two things, it's even Stevens. It really is. 
because McCall, not McCall he used to be. And if you even saw it in Saturday's match, they weren't really dominating the breakdown against the box like I think we've seen in the past. Had a lot to do with the fact that we've got some decent players now. They almost didn't even try. Um, a lot they of the time they made the, made the tackle and fan out in defence. Um, I do think it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one for the All Blacks at the breakdown um, with Pocock and Hooper playing like they are. You've got three and and Fardy who who you know, kind of space themselves out in the field and and gun the ball at every tackle. So it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Yeah, the Aussies have had a, a knack of always making their blindside flank completely anonymous. I mean, this guy, even with his massive beard and blue scrum cap, you still have no idea who he is until they've come off and gone. Well, Fardy's made twenty nine tackles today. He's been pretty handy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's an amazing player. He really is. And he was off for ten minutes in the Bloodburn as well. So, so that's pretty decent. Okay, well, Landon. So, I think the gut feeling is that the All Blacks will win this one in the weekend. Uh, there's just too much experience. There's just too much going for that team. And I still don't think they've properly clicked. And to go into a World Cup not having to properly click shows you really got a lot of class. The and fact you and can be just, in the final. Yeah, yeah going to the World Cup final like that. Then and the Aussie defensive patterns. Eh? Um, I think Argentina made a lot of breaks because they they attacked that uh, the ball runner, um, and so it's the it's the offload, and no one can offload like the All Blacks. So there's there's some key key points in attack there. Yeah, well we're going to get into the Hanukkah for and against debate with uh, Jacques from yellowcap.com. But before we do that, let's just intro that with a few more wise words from Hanukkah himself. Heineke, given where you started the tournament with that loss to Japan, how how impressed were you with South Africa's um, rebounding from there and to, to go so close today? Yeah, I'm very proud. Uh, I don't think a lot of people gave us any chances. We've always believed that we've grown as a team and, uh, you know, great leadership and the guys came through and the youngsters really matured. Um, so I'm very, very proud of the guys, but that's, uh, you know, only a winner is good enough for South Africa and for me as a coach. Uh, I don't believe in loser talk. We gave everything. It wasn't good enough, and um, we'll never be good enough uh, if I coach South Africa to, uh, you know, to come close and don't win. They're a quality side. Uh, they handled the pressure better than us when they came back. So obviously, proud for where we came. But uh, you know, we had the chances today, and we should have taken it, and we should have been in the final. So proud of the guys, but uh, definitely not happy. And uh, I'll never set, settle for second, second best. Never settling for second best. None of us really are, hey, Shark. Can you hear us? How's it, Ben? Okay, man. Thanks so much for joining us after what is, well, I would say a sad weekend in SA Rugby, but also it was kind of tempered with the fact that the hopes were, I think expectations were in check as a country. So, Jacques, you joined us today because all I wanted to do was have a proper discussion, take away all the emotion, all the hatred, all the hype on social media, have a proper discussion yeah. about this Heineken man thing because, firstly, I have to say this, he isn't the 100% single man problem. I think he's an easy target. And uh, we must keep sight of that. But in saying that, yeah. he is a, he's a topic and we have to discuss him and what he represents because you have a lot of responsibility when you're the bot coach. You're not just the guy who's picking the team and uh, being at the press match press conference afterwards. There's a lot that goes around the whole regime, a whole sort of um, campaign around who you are. So I just want to start by saying, Jock, it would be a very different morning if we didn't have a penalty overturned it would be a very different morning if our two wings decided to kind of mark their men slightly harder. It would be a very different morning completely if suddenly the, the All Blacks were going home, well, not going home, out of the tournament. We wouldn't even have this conversation. So on the back of that, is Heineken actually that bad? And what, is he, what he, has he done that's been so terrible? Then I have to agree with you on all those things that you said. And I mean, I'm not, even though I support Heineken Meyer, you know, wholeheartedly, I really, you know, and I believe in a lot of things that he's done. There are obviously things that, that need to be discussed. And like you also mentioned, you know, he's unfortunately, he is the face of Springbok, you know, of the Springbok team, if you want to call it that. Um, however, you know, he's got assistants that work with him and stuff. And I just, you know, I have been asking myself lately the question, where do these guys actually fit into the picture? Why don't we, why don't we see something different happen? You know, surely they have an input in that regard, um, in trying to either change the game plan or the way we play, whatever it is that the problem might be. Um, and you know, another question I also have is: you see a guy like like Sean Roo, who, who who's an ex Marty's coach, unbeaten Marty's Marty's coach, who I think is an unbelievable. Um, person and um, I just wonder sometimes what is he actually doing there 
um, you know, does he does he really have any input into what happens, or or you know, why is he actually there? Well, you could argue the um, same with Ricardo Lopes, I guess. Well, that is my biggest question. Um, since the day that the assistants were announced, I could never ever figure out how he got appointed, and. Yeah, um, I actually don't want to go too deep into that because I mean mm. I've got my own assumptions why that appointment was made. Because yeah, like I said, I just can't figure figure it out for any moment at all. I mean he wasn't even in the Bulls ranks when Heineken was coaching, yeah. so you know, it just doesn't make sense. Okay, Jacques. Well, look, the toughest thing about these debates is obviously time. So we try to be quite efficient with this. First, yeah. first thing on, on that point there. So. Is Hanukkah Mayer almost like a victim of what you call unfortunate circumstance in that Super Rugby teams aren't really helping him get the players in the best shape, so they arrive at the bot camp and he can't really work on a lot because he's supposed to go through fitness and fitness rigmaroles. That takes a lot of time, okay? It takes away a lot of expertise as well. Mm-hmm. You know, is he sort of the victim of the fact that we haven't got transformation right in a, in a massive scheme of things rather than just his limited resources? And again, does he actually have access to all the sort of um, personnel that he needs? So we just talked, we just touched briefly on his assistant coaches. I mean, does he have those guys because nobody else wanted or is available to coach? I mean, would you say those statements would be fair? I think to an extent, yes, it would be because um, you know, I just think you know. I mean, if you go back, to his records, his records speak for themselves. But I want to go back to you know when when Peter de Villiers was appointed. I think we all know what happened there. Yeah. And, I mean, we all also know, without a shadow of a doubt, that Heineken was the guy to get the job. Yet, you know, at the last, I want to say not even at the last hurdle, even past that, you know, he got snubbed. And, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately for both him and Peter, I want to say. But, um, you know, that's gone by, and Heineken eventually did get the opportunity. But I think, if I can just quickly summarize what I feel the problem is, and when it comes to the older players as well, I think Heineke had this plan in his head, you know, that he was going to become the the box coach in 2018 when you know when Peter Peter got it, and he had the plan obviously with those guys that he had, you know, um, at that stage um, used in his teams, which are the guys he ended up using now, you know, the Victors, the Paris, all those guys, and for some other reason, you know, he because they kept on playing until now, you know, he well partly because he wanted them to play now. You know, he stuck with him. And I think he got the balance wrong when it came to experience and youth, unfortunately. And when he did get the youth in there, he didn't trust them enough, unfortunately. You know, I don't say deliberately, but um, I think he had more trust in his older guys than he had in his younger guys, which are actually, if you really, if we are very honest, I think they are the real stars. And they are the guys that showed that we could do more than we actually did. Sure, definitely. Uh, Jacques, how's it, Langdon? Yeah, um, I, I think you completely uh, you nailed it with the, the whole strategy behind um, playing those experienced guys. But uh, wouldn't you agree that experience is only valuable when those experienced players are on top form? Um, it's very difficult, dif- difficult leading a side when you're not playing at your best, um, and and I think that showed throughout the tournament. Uh, once again, very fair comment, and I and I have to agree with you. Um, you know, to an extent, again. Um, you know, I think we had the plays, even if we had more youngsters in the team, we could have still, you know, gotten as far as we did. Um, and the experienced guys, at the end of the day, they didn't really give us the experience that we needed. Um, you know, especially on Saturday, I mean, sadly, like instead that that penalty that got overturned, which could have given us the three points to not make this conversation happen, <laughs> um, you know, was from one of the most experienced players probably in world rugby. Um, you know, that's, yeah, it's, I don't know, I just, I think the balance was wrong. And um, Aker, like I said, I don't think he trusted the youngsters enough. And another reason I'm saying that is, look at all the games leading up to the semifinals. <laughs> we didn't have a fly-off. Scott Blizzard was our fly-off. Still was, Surely yeah. that says mm. a lot, you know. I mean, because who, who's the next guys from Paris? It was Andre, youngster, Damien, youngster, Jesse, youngster. Those guys never saw a ball. I hope that Jesse 
after the Wales game, got to speak with the ball at least just to touch it. <laughs> well, Jacques, I was I was really hoping you would come out guns blazing here for Heineken. I'm trying to find the, the real pros. You know? I really want to, but you know what, um, Ben? Um, you know, the, I'm going to cut my own throat off, and it's not that I'm that I'm turning against Heineken. I would love to see him get a second turn, and I believe, I really honestly believe that Heineken can turn things around and actually adapt a new game plan because if he hasn't oh, no, if he hasn't realized it, then he just has to admit then that he doesn't have a team to do that. And in that regard, he has to then hand over the reins to, to someone. Who is that someone going to be? I honestly can't tell you because the names that are on my hat that could possibly get the job, they don't qualify for me yet. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I just want to know this belief that you have. What is it that you think Heineken's got that does it, like deserves another four years? Though this is what I really want to get to. Well, when it comes to game, I'm not going to talk about game plan because at the moment you're unfortunately proving me wrong as well. Talk, talk about what, what, whatever I, you I want in this. Got, I don't know when you know when, and I know I'm going back, and people are going to hammer me for this. But he did amazing things when he was with the Bulls, and something like that is not something. It's not something that happens overnight, you know, and I really believe that you can lift the box out of this pit where we are at the moment, even though we did make the semifinals. I think we are in a bit of a pit at the moment, and we we will get out of it. Whether it's with Hanukkah, I'm not sure. Um, but looking at the media and stuff, it's so difficult to say whether he signed a contract or not. But one thing I will know for sure is if he, if there is a contract that has been signed, I am sure there will be massive clauses in this, demanding certain things. And amongst them, I'm sure this could be in a contract that the game plan has to change, you know. Um, but, you know, the, the man's got, with all the things that he's touched in his life, he's done amazing things with. And I can't for one second believe that he can't do it with a box either. Well, he has and it, he has it four years, though. I know. I hear what you said, Ben, and, but I just believe the bigger issue was um, twofold. I think players, like like you said, you know, the balance, I don't think the balance was right. Um, the, you know, the experienced guys were there, even though they, you know, they, I don't think they let anybody down. But I think they were just a little bit over there, fell by date. And the other thing is also, which we touched on, um, did he have the right personnel to support him in doing what he what he wanted to do. I don't know. Um, I just think, like you said, I mean, he's, a, he's unfortunately the face of Nimbrook Rugby, and that's why he's going to get the heat um, and is getting the heat. And I don't know. He'll be very brave to actually take on a second term. Sure, Jacques, but what I'm not really getting here, other than it's just a bit of faith in the guys done wonders, I mean, if you look at things happening really great, like, I mean, Kodak were really great with the camera, and then the digital age came, and then there was shit. Um, if he was to get another, like, I'm not seeing anything else other than potential here. Let's just say he gets the best backroom staff going. Let's just say all his players fire. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of ifs here that I'm not seeing a lot of substance that we can really put behind Heineken because what I want to understand is that we, we either have faith in this guy or we don't. We can't keep bitching about yeah. it. So we need to know exactly what we're backing. Well, that's what makes the answer so difficult. We don't know. Yeah, I, even sure. myself, don't know. I, I just know his abilities. And yeah, it's, and I, it, the funny thing is, this morning when I was doing, um, you know, getting ready for today, um, I read a few articles when he um, when he got announced as the box coach. And it's amazing when you read the comments on those articles, how yeah. full of praise people were of him. Sure. And four years down the line, he is the worst thing in people's eyes. Um, you know. It's, it's sad, but that's that's Springbok rugby. I think, you know, you said it yourself. You know, if you take on this job, then you're putting yourself out there, um, you know, for whatever comes. And unfortunately, things didn't go the way Heineken wanted it to go. But he could be the first um, coach in this era to become, you know, to get a second term. And um, interesting enough, I also read an article where for Rita Priya, said something very, very true, I think, which is when a box coach gets appointed, his term should go beyond the World Cup and not end off the World Cup because, unfortunately, that puts an, an, 
and a, a hell of a lot of um, pressure in that specific year of the World Cup on a coach, um, not just to perform at the World Cup, but what is he going to, will he still have a job the next year or not? Yeah, look, look, there's only so much security you can really give in life, especially something as cut and thrust in, in pro sport. I mean, I don't think you're going to find mm. cotton wool contracts in any game or any sport around yeah. the world. So can you have to just cut it off there because we still need to walk, uh, talk through the, the, the against reasons for Heineken, of which I think we can yeah. have various ones. But uh, if you want to find more of Shark at the Yellow Cap um, on Twitter, and that is yellowcap.com as well, because Shark basically, well, he blogs more than I do. I think he writes a lot of stuff every week. So, uh, yeah, Shark, thanks so much for your time. And unfortunately, we have to cut you short there. No, bro- no problem. And thank Cheers, you for Jacques. the opportunity. Cool, Bye-bye. man. Thanks for joining us. So, Landon, um, what I want to kind of take out of that is that, again, I, I, I don't see any hard and fast reason to give Hanukkah May any more time. Uh, or am I just, am I just being harsh? Well, I mean, let's look at what Jacques said. So, the first thing he mentioned was his team. And uh, I back that 100%. I would like to find out if there's anyone at SA Rugby listening to this. Uh, who's the guy or guys or your team doing the video analysis work? Um, we've had guys on New Zealand rugby shows that are analyzing our defense and our defensive patterns in five minutes. We have weeks and months and months of tape. Um, surely we can, we can pick up those errors and pick up where the, uh, where the opposition are going to attack us and fix that. Um, that's not Heineke's fault. Um, Heineke runs on the, on, on a whole lot of information. So who's giving Heineke this information? Yeah. Um, that for me is, is a massive thing. If we don't have a guy that does the video, I will do it. I will do it. Landon, I think you'd be a great guy for it. But again, if no one's giving this, the Heineke information, Heineke must be asking for it. This is another thing. It's like, he can't be this smart to like, oh guys, I don't want to make any excuses, but the guys around me are crap. Find better ones. Yeah, hundred percent. Empower these ones to be better. Then the the question is: Is he getting the backing from from the the, the men upstairs? Um, and if he isn't, well, look, I mean, he then, does because he thanks them after every game. Well, yeah, okay. So other than that man, the man a couple of floors downstairs. Um, you, you you know what? We have to we have to get the backing of of the guys that are selecting them. Um, Jean Rue, I completely agree with Jacques. Was unbelievable. Um, at, at the Marties, that was back uh, back when I was young enough to be there. Yeah. Um. And you can see it because he 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 did have full reign of what was going on there. Mm. And if if as, as if we don't have full reign as an international coach, then there's something wrong with South African rugby. Well, I think it's that's not a Heineken Mayer problem. I think every every coach has been slighted by some idiot in a suit. And I think that's the first thing that needs to go here. Just quickly touching on the messages, Lena, before we actually get into the formal section of against Heineken for four years. Uh, Nico on Twitter makes a very good point is that the fact that Heineken was picked on something that was four years too late is evidence enough that he probably isn't the right man for the job. And look, I, I felt for Heineken from day one, okay? He was, we look how good the Bulls were. I know this is an old argument. And if you're a rugby fan, I'm probably tired of hearing this, but. He, he should have been picked on the back of the Bulls' dominance, right? We talked about player belief earlier. You get belief from dominating certain levels. If he translated that into box success, it would have been great, right? No doubt about it. But again, it's this outdated philosophy. He wants these players to execute something he had in his mind for so long ago. But it's like if you meet a girl on holiday and you're 15, and then you see her again when she's 40... Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know the, if the, the same game, sort of the, love. The game's, the game's developed. Everything's moved on. Yeah. Uh, Aiden DeVillers on, on WeChat said that Bulls and Springboks are two complete different beasts. You're kind of the same thing. Mark also wants to know, Langdon, what is the criteria for being appointed as assistant coach or the non-existent video coach? It's a great question. Yeah. So, yeah, try to keep the questions coming. My touch in the last couple of minutes. But my big thing with, with Heineke is that firstly, way too much stuff in SA sport is personal. It's about this passion, emotion, and all these kind of things. That's not how you run a business. That's not how you do professional things in life, right? This is what fans do. We get very touchy when people say, our oh, team's cut. Because someone says to you, oh, yeah. Like, um, Curry Cup final, okay, at uh, Ellis Park on the weekend. <laughs> Walking to go get beers in a, in a, in a province jersey before half time. Oaks tuning me, oh, Salier, uh, hey, Sukhan. Like, shut up, man. I've got to get beers. Leave yeah, me alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can fight, we can be all passionate and be all emotional and stuff. That's not a Bok coach's job. No other Bok coach has been given more than four years, right? And that includes a World Cup winner. That includes someone who has beaten the British and Irish Lions, who has won Tri Nations. There's no trophies here. There is a 65% win record. There is a 12% win record against the All Blacks. You talk about losing and getting great, uh, lessons. You got one out of eight against the All Blacks. What have you been learning? This All Blacks team, it's great. It's not, it's not, um, Greek godlike though. 
How can you only have one out of eight? Four of those games were over 10-point losses. These are things that you can't hide from. You lost to Japan. You got taken by Wales. Um, and it's not, it's not new things every weekend. Um, I think that's, that's another important point is that it's not new things. We, every week, uh, we, we hear about, uh, us not being able to, to expand, not being able to take a chance, not being able to mix things up. Adapt. Um, and, uh, you, you know, well, when are we going to create something? Well, we're not because we haven't in the yep. last how, how so, many years. Again, it's, um, there's a lot wrong here, and nothing's ever being changed. So nothing has happened in these four years to suggest that Bok Rugby has gone forward. Every other team has gone forward. You talk about the fact that now we've got to respect every team in world rugby. I think that's the biggest sort of horseshit. I think our guys should be able to have a few beers before playing Scotland. We should be 30 points better than them. But no, we've got to give them all respect because there's a very good chance we can lose to them. Scotland have come forward, okay? Whether it's because of foreigners or what, or whatever. Uh, every team in the world, except for France, has gone forward. France and us. Yeah. Well, well, I think we were discussing it at the Carrie Cup final, actually, that, uh, if the, if, uh, the All Blacks have a bad day, they pull off a win. Yep. Close one. If Springboks have a bad day, we lose to Japan. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's where we are. That's what you call a contrast, Landon. Yeah. That's sort of a contrast. Um, yeah. So I think this whole, he tried the expansive game for a bit, but then didn't have faith in it. So what does that tell the players? Hang a second here. I think the coach wants us to do this, but he's not quite sure if we can do this. That's a huge knock on your confidence, right? And, and to the guys that are wanting to get into the side. Uh, and there's no doubt that they'll, they adapt the way they play, um, according to selection. Um, and, and do you want to kill that? Do you want to kill a guy like Jesse Kill, um, expressing himself on the mm. field because he knows that's, that's not what the coach is looking for? Yeah. Um, because he got into the team because he had an impressive ball in hand Super Rugby campaign at fullback, yeah, and then he ran and he hit the line well. So, so it's 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 and now he's a defensive and now, outside now centre. Now he's a defensive outside centre, getting the ball three times a game, yeah. making his first touch as a break, and then and then that's it. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we need it. We need to take a big look at how we how we addressing it. Um, never mind a game plan. Let's not work at, look at a game plan. Let's look at a, a plan mm. of of where we're going to go. And what we're going to do? Are we going to say to our players, we want to, we want to let you express yourself on the field for the first year, and we're going to select you purely on your ability, and and go out there and and and, and do what you you know you can do? Mm-hmm. Um, or we're going to say, right, guys, we're going to stick to what we've always done: kick it up high, have nice chases, maybe win the high ball, and then bash it up with with a big run in the midfield. Um, I personally think that part of rugby's dead. Um, Died a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might still see it in uh, in Vidbank on a Friday night with three people watching. Second division Curry Cup. I don't know. I mean, there's more. No, sorry, no disrespect to those teams. I mean, even they've moved on. You watch that Curry Cup final. I know it's the Lions, and people say, "Well, the Lions are great, but they can't go anywhere in Super Rugby." But it's a will to want to do something different, right? This is the whole thing. It's wanting to be better and knowing how things have changed. This this whole thing of like, you know, he's passionate, he's committed, he gives it all, he sings the anthem, that kind of stuff. That's all wonderful, you know. I, look, if I was having a bri. This weekend, and I wanted people to come around, and I'd invite Heineke. I'm sure he's a great guy. I, he probably couldn't hold his beer because he looks quite emotional, but I reckon he would be an absolute top quality bet for mates around and have a singer the anthem, all that kind of stuff. But not as a box coach. There's no point rewarding mediocrity because that's exactly what it is. I think there's another couple of things about this. You've got to realize what's going on. This is a mediocre term, right? Again, one out of eight against the All Blacks. No trophies. We don't, wouldn't really ever contest a rugby championship in there somewhere. We lost to Argentina at home. We got hammered by them at home. We drew to them. Um, not good. Really not good. 65% record, and you're playing some pretty docile teams amongst that. It's just not good. Um, I, know, well, I, had, I had other things, but I almost team, think... We're a team where if we get shocked up front, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, that Argentina loss, they, they scored a couple of quick tries, and and then all hell broke loose. Um, you could see heads drop. You could see all types of other things. So if you've got a coach that runs on passion and... Um, and and the pride of the jersey, then something like your heads dropping off to two tries being scored shouldn't happen because that's mm. the type of thing you're instilling into your players. Um, All Blacks concede a try against Argentina, first game of the World Cup, and then they ran in winners for 10 points. Um, yeah. they, they know how to close it out. They know how to compose themselves. They know how to come back from being down. Um, that's the type of thing we need to go, have going forward. We we And again, it comes down to the people they have there. Um, who, who's, who's guiding them through that process? We've got young players that don't know how to how to handle that or, mm. or aren't used to that. Um, so there needs to be someone there that shows him. Um, Lopesha, I, I don't think so. No, I, sorry, I have nothing else to say other than no. Yeah, I mean, look, look, I've heard he was an Xbox. 
<laughs> I, 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 I don't I can't remember when. Yeah, so look, I also don't believe that there needs to be a final decision about this. People are saying, oh, well, but there's no one else. There is. There is someone else. There's always someone else in the world. There is. The whole thing is, it's about pinching this off right now, right? You can't say, well, we can't change anything because there's no one else. If you're in an abusive relationship, you don't stay in there because you haven't, because Prince Charming isn't there. No, no, you stop this and now you move on to something better. Simple as that. The four years is done. That was his contract. I know. Look, I know Saru a bunch of dicks and they probably have messed this up already and they've probably given him a contract already because this is. Well, yeah, they did, eh? Yeah. The extension. Well, look, it hasn't been. You con- know what should happen? It hasn't been confirmed on Twitter yet, so therefore you can't take it seriously. Once <laughs> it's it not goes, Facebook official. As soon as someone from one of the mainstream authorities have tweeted it, which means it's already two weeks old, then we can then say it. Mm. We got to make you got to make sure all these kind of things, Landon. Yeah, here's saying my some thing. Very dangerous things here. I I am a I'm I'm a big believer in a, your application as a coach or someone that's running running a union like this. You need to come forward not with anything other than a strategy plan yeah. on how are gonna how are we gonna approach the next four years. Um, unfortunately, a World Cup in any sport is the beginning and end of an of an era. Um, we're gonna have a new captain, um, so why not start it with a new coaching team and you and 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 get rid of this mindset where where passion and tackling for your lives is what it's all about. Um, Let's play smart, smart rugby because we've got yeah. the players that can do it. And just on that, can brands also take note of this? None of those hearts are in it. One million thousand hearts beats a second. Pride, Kia, Ubuntu, and, and we're all friends yeah, and no. all that kind of stuff. Can we also move away from that? I think it's a cultural thing we need to get away from here. This whole we'll die for our country again. It's so eighties. Yeah, they, so, they, they win because because you make them win. No, they win because they're sportsmen. Yeah, and it sucks to lose. No I amount, think is the big thing. No amount of beers drunk around a fire is going to beat the All Blacks if we do that. That's not going to work. So <laughs> many lessons learned here, and we've tried it. <laughs> we've definitely tried <laughs> we've it. We tried it. We definitely tried it. So I think what happens, what should happen here. I know I'm being an idealist, but um, this this drop must go out to pitch. It must be exactly like it was in the PW era. World Cup didn't happen. Cool. New new coach needed. Please apply um, at no hope at, at sorry whatever it is. And uh, Honey Command needs to reapply. As Jacques said, you know, he, he does he really want another four years if it's going to be this difficult? Well, yeah, but it shouldn't be handed I to him. That, he needs to. It shouldn't be handed ass- exactly. He needs to assess what he's done wrong or what his team have done wrong because, like yep. you said, he's now the front man, and it's not for the Springboks. He's not the front man for the Springboks. He's the front man for the Springbok management team. Um, yeah. The players are going to play. They'll, they're their own. They're their own brands. And, you know, um, we we all back the players. Um, I think it's I think it's the management setup. And if they want to come get together again and and form a, a form a coaching team like they like they had. Um, they need to again reapply um, instead yeah. of having it yes. handed to them. Yes, and that is correct. So we need to get all the guys who are, people are saying that there's uh, that there is no one. Well, let guys apply, and then we'll see who's who's keen. And then at the end of the day, we've got lots of money. Sorry, makes a lot of money. There's a lot of money. Who, in that who does the video? Because I'll apply. Tell me where to e- send my email to. You. And I will. I'm gonna yeah, find it out. Find it out, Ben. Okay, we have unfortunately run out of time, but you're welcome to keep the conversation going on Twitter. Tweet me at Follow the Bounce. This is a conversation topic which we should keep having. This is the whole thing. That's not just make sweeping statements and disappear in the dark. We all love SA Rugby here in, in South Africa. We all want an outcome that we can all cheer for and be happy for. So nothing personal against Heineke Man. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but he's not the guy for this job. There's various things he could do, I'm sure. Whatever it is, greatest game is. His heart is in it. His heart's in it, i tell you what. <laughs> so we're going to leave it on that. Um, catch the podcast if you didn't listen to all of it live. That is at cliffcentral.co.za. All the Rugby Central podcasts are on there. And, of course, this weekend we've got the final S, not S, uh, it's New Zealand versus Australia. Uh, I don't care who wins. Come on, the All Blacks. I come got, on. I don't care. Langer. Let's get the bus getting no, his ninth try. Come no, on. Come no. on. Let's anyway, support the game. It's for real. Catch you next week. This is cliffcentral.com.